0: all right what's up everybody welcome to simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing i am your host dr gerald osier today is thursday november 2nd 2023 this is episode 486 of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing and we've got a heck of a show for you today over the next 45 minutes, really 60 minutes. Me, you, Space Tacos, Tina Tini, Kenyon, Ezo, Seabright, Jesse Johnson, B sec, Kuma Miracle, Valentino, Nick Barber, Nick Barber, Nick Barker is somewhere, I'm sure, on the elliptical. Leon Elliott, Robert Morris, JD, the aircut fish, who's gonna be pumping out the meme of the week rhonda rummerfield dream Logic, ms jenny housley not only it Sheri lamb so many of you dash squad members newcomers first timers and long timers coming in on linkedin and youtube we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and i'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories and really telling you like To me, what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it this week at work or, you know, strategically for Q1 2024? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, you're going to get value. You will be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? This is a good answer. You're going to hear different kind of current events, different names, threat actors. Occasionally something comes up and I'll just dig deep into it like a little, a little, the more, you know, uh, kind of educational lecture that pops up. Uh, like what's distributed denial of service or whatever. I do not prep or research any of the stories that we're about to cover, so I don't know what we're about to get going. But I do know that Leon Elliot. We just become best friends. Yep. Gifted sub from Leon Elliot. Thank you, Leon, to the lucky recipient who is who is it? Roger Marenko Jr. Congratulations, Roger. Uh, you are now a squad member. Go ahead and get into that emote tray if you would. Hey, Miss Julian. Good to see you guys i'm super pumped love doing the cyber daily threat briefing with you but before we dig in the show i'd love to share with you the stream sponsors those those groups that i uh respect and um professionally respect and who help me bring this show to you for free every single weekday morning starting with my good friend you guys know him, barricade cyber solutions barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. What's up, Peter? Welcome to the squad. Uh, Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Believe that. Also want to say shout out and love to Penopsi Security. Guys, Penopsi Security is a partner who can help you get your cybersecurity program understood and in line. If you are in charge of InfoSec or you're like no one's in charge of InfoSec at your business, and you are ad hoc reacting, putting your thumbs in the in the dam, like the little Dutch boy trying to keep all the water from spilling over, get control of your information security program. Call Penopsi, they'll come in, they'll do a risk assessment, they'll give you a one to three year roadmap based on your budget, based on your um resource availability in your industry, all these things, and get right. Guys, cybersecurity is too important to just leave to chance. If hope is your strategy, if you open your information security plan, and like page one says, hope, and that's it, you might want to contact Panopsi Security, because hope is a horrible strategy, <laughs> believe that. Also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, but more about them at the mid-roll guys today is thursday every single day of the week has a special little activity and today is dan Reardon, aka the haircut fish he's in chat right now it is his meme of the week dan Reardon makes a custom meme every single thursday for the community usually i'm in the meme i do not censor it i do not deny it or prove it or anything it goes directly from dan onto the stream and uh yeah so we'll see what that looks like uh i got a little sneak preview i think i i like it i think it's wicked cool but if you um did not know let me tell you each episode of the daily cyber threat briefing what we're about to do right now is worth half a cpe so be sure to say what's up in chat hashtag team live if you're live i absolutely love it 168 of you right now we're more going to be pouring in hashtag team live take a screenshot Somebody reached out to me yesterday and said, Hey, Jerry, I haven't been taking screenshots. I need a bunch of CPEs. Is there an easy way to know what episodes I tuned into? The answer is no. There's a bit of uh, responsibility on your part to grab the screenshot. I do leave the streams up so you can go back and retroactively capture all of it. But that's a ton of work, a ton of time. So please, please just uh, take a quick screen cap every single day, put it in a folder on your desktop. No big deal. Super easy. If you are on Team Replay, hashtag Team Replay in the comments. Thanks for catching the stream. You know Team Replay, the CPEs count just the same. And let me know what your thoughts are of the story or of the show. Hey, Ranul Isaac, good to see you. Now, I do want a uh, quick uh, production note. Yesterday, the stream at 46 minutes, 53 seconds cut out. Um, I did spin up a new stream immediately as part of the business continuity plan. However, we went from like 350 uh, attendees down to about 147 attendees. So for the 200 of you that were here yesterday, that like you're like, what happened? Ah! It, it was just a uh, production snafu. We're not expecting that to be a uh, chronic issue. Uh, I investigated it with the restream technical platform. Did some Q and A. We've completed our uh, fact-finding mission. Root cause analysis has been discovered. We have lessons learned, and we are moving forward with the show. So just know that you're in good hands, my friends. All right. Well, get your coffee. Get your coffee. Whoop, whoop. Get ready. We got a great show. I am teaching at the Citadel um, uh, right after the stream, so no jaw jacking. So we will have to get into it. But do me a favor. Sit back, relax. Get your favorite beverage of choice, whether it's tea, coffee, bourbon, craft beer, a good wine, perhaps some mead, perhaps orange juice. Whatever your jam is, Monster Energy. I know the kids like the Monster Energy now. Whatever your jam is, get it. Sit back. Relax. And let's all let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome way.
1: (gasps) Let's go. From the
0: CISO See you series, at the it's Cybersecurity
1: Headlines. These are the Cybersecurity Headlines for Thursday, November 2nd. I'm Sean Kelly. <coughs> countries at the UK Summit pledged to tackle AI risks. On Wednesday at the Global AI Safety Summit at Bletchley Park, UK, countries including the UK, US, and China pledged to work towards shared agreement and responsibility for addressing AI risks which they say have the potential for serious, even catastrophic harm. Recorded remarks from King Charles urged attendees to protect democracies by addressing AI risks with a sense of urgency, unity, and collective strength. Elon Musk was in attendance and described AI as one of the biggest threats to humanity, adding it's not clear whether we can control something that, for the first time in human history, is far more intelligent than us. Other high-profile attendees offered insights as to how AI should be legislated and whether producers should consider a pause on AI development in order to ensure risks are appropriately addressed. All
0: right. First of all, shout out to AI. Well, first of all, shall we play a game? we're all talking about AI, right? So let's get the AI sounder out of the way. Um, love this uh, artwork. Uh, this is kind of crazy. It's like a skeleton brain tree cyber growing out of a what looks like a MacBook. Definitely like that artwork. It's a little creepy, but it, very apropos for what we're doing. All right, guys. So here's the deal. The United States the other day released an executive order around, you know, eight kind of pillars about how to address AI. Um, now the UK, which is, you know, obviously, you know, it's, it's in the UK, but it looks like it's probably European Union. It says delegates from 28 nations. I don't know what nations were there. You have to assume NATO friendly European Union. Uh, we'll see if China, um, United States and China agreed to work together. Okay, so this is uh, Breaking Barriers Down. It makes me think of, um, oh my God, did you guys see the, uh, the Watchmen? Did you see The Watchmen? Really quick as an aside. In the movie The Watchmen, and by the way, pause this if you don't want any spo- like spoiler alert. Okay, but in the movie The Watchmen, there's like superheroes and stuff. And one of the superheroes is actually a bad guy, but he's not really bad. But because countries are like tearing themselves apart, kind of like right now, he introduces an existential threat, which would require, you know, a friend of my, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So then the countries would band together in a joint effort in order to uh, take care of this existential threat. I'm kind of seeing a parallel right here. AI is incredibly smart. It's incredibly practical. It's generative AI right now. So it isn't sentinel. It isn't a sentient being. It does not think it has civil rights. It can be controlled-ish in the sense that it takes inputs and produces outputs. But we are hurtling down. We are like, you know, we're like a baby. All, you know, the big the big slides, like at the big, you know, the big, big carnivals, the big, big fairs, the slides where you get the burlap sack and you whip down there. Occasionally, you see something on social media. Somebody puts like a baby or, you know, a child that's young enough to not really have control over their body really well. And you just see them go whipping down and like bouncing down. That's what humanity is with AI right now. We're like, woo! we're gonna slide down this mother trucker all day long and then we get like three lumps down we're like oh my god oh my god i i think i left i think i left the slide on that one hitting hitting the ground everything like that so to me that is metaphorically what is exactly happening the countries in this the 28 countries are saying hey why don't we put our hands on the side hold on why don't we put our hands on the sides of the slide and like brace ourselves, maybe slow down. Hell, maybe, sorry, heck, maybe even get halfway down the slide and just straight up jam the brakes and like, let's take a beat and be like, okay, we didn't really expect to be hurtling through the cosmos down this super slide. Again, stay with me on this metaphor. So why don't we chill out and um, figure out what the heck's going on? Now, one thing I want to point out, and by the way, um, can we just, like, mods, can someone pull up um, mods, can you pull up like a a, 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 GIF of like the slide I'm talking about? And if you can get it like a baby or something or a child going whipping down it. Cause I, I really think the visual is going to perfectly convey what I'm saying. Here is the, here is like the good idea. And here is my speculative hot take. Okay. Oh yeah. Running backwards through a cornfield. That's exactly right. Nick Barker. That's what's going to happen. Woo. You, you are taking your, you're grabbing, you're taking a risk there. All right. So check it out. Ideally, if we were all like kumbaya and, you know, nations holding hands together and this was like a, you know, Hallmark movie, like the last 10 minutes of a Hallmark movie, then, okay, we can pause AI development and let's chill. Here is the reality, though, and I, I put my tinfoil hat on for this one. AI is a freaking unbelievable technical advantage. It is a weapons system for all intents and purposes. Can you imagine if you will Germany was working on okay so going back to World War II Germany was working on a massive like atom bomb hydrogen bomb like system the United States is working on one right it was a race to see who could get it you know the allied powers of the United States got it first yay way to go okay do you think for a second when they detonated it in like white sands new mexico or wherever over the uh, south pacific and they're like holy crap like Oppenheimer's like, Jesus, this is uh pretty bad. This is pretty bad. Do you think for a hot minute, if they said, Hey, we've 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 developed a weapon system that is unbelievably powerful, super catastrophic. Let's put a pause on splitting atoms research until we can really get our arms around it. Hell no. It's it's too powerful. So here's my thing. Yeah, okay, like US, China world powers that have the research engineers, the capability to push AI to the next level. I agree AI, I agree with Elon, okay, on this one. AI does pose a catastrophic risk. It's not a guaranteed risk, but it's a risk that can be realized and there is no rolling it back, okay? The toothpaste is out of the tube. So here's the thing. If we say, hey, let's put a pause on AI research, do you really think for a second that first world powers like the United States, like China and others are going to stop? No, they're just going to be in a windowless room with really smart people continuing to push the fold under the, not even the guys, like under the banner of national security. So you could put a pause on it, but all you're doing is kneecapping the public, like the private sector's development of it First world powers are absolutely going to be pushing the boundaries on that, okay? So you cannot stop it. All you can hopefully do is get together, um, have best practices, share with each other, hope, hope people choose good. But guys, when you have someone in power, okay, that is power hungry or loves authoritative regime or whatever, you know, and we see this in... India yesterday with a political, uh, rival of the current, um, of the current political power getting their phone popped with Pegasus software. People in power want to stay in power, period, full stop. They're going to push it. So AI, like you cannot, you can, like, I love the idea of putting a pause on AA. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right, here we go. This, this is, uh, this is what I'm talking about right here. Thank you. Here's AI. Whoop. Oh, ah, ah. oh man that is us going down the ai slide right now bro oh oh, oh yeah it, it's not good uh take that
1: with you kill switch deliberately shuts down notorious botnet researchers at eset have discovered a kill switch that put an end to the mosey botnet which infected more than 1.5 million iot devices since 2019 Back in August, the botnet's activity suddenly ceased in its largest markets, India and China. Researchers discovered that a payload had been sent to the botnet's infected devices, deactivating the Mosey malware. The researchers believe the takedown was deliberate and calculated due to the payload being signed with a private key with a strong connection to the botnet's original source code. It's not clear who sent the payload, though it is likely either the creators of Mosey or Chinese law enforcement. Back in 2021, China arrested the creators of the botnet.
0: All right. I did not really know about Mosey. Uh, Mosey botnet, fascinating case of cyber forensics. Here's the deal uh, it sounds like it moved quite quickly, like um, Mirai botnet uh, accessing IoT devices, home routers by exploiting weak or default login creds. Guys, if you don't know, okay, this is for the people who are new to the industry. Um, right. You can Google, you know, default. Uh, Hold on. Look at, I mean, the, right here on Google, bro, right? This is Google. Give me all the deep, come on. I, don't you dare move slowly. Here we go, look. These are admin at, ad, oh no, I don't want that. Admin, 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 Michelangelo. Way to go, Digicom. You clever, you clever uh, little minx. Admin password, telco, telco. Guys, these are documented default credentials. It is trivial to write a Python script to have a botnet log into an IP address and attempt to use default creds and then report back yes, it accessed, no, it did not access. This is how Mirai uh, um, spread so well up to 500,000 bots in the network. This is what Mosey's doing. Now, they're saying here that Mosey had a kill switch. A kill switch is basically a hard coded Function inside of, well, it, it can be a different. It can come in different flavors, but basically, think of a kill switch as a hard-coded function that will the the malware will like kill itself or shut itself down or clean itself from the device. We've seen a couple different ways. Famously, uh, Marcus Hutchins discovered the kill switch inside of WannaCry, which was not a function call, but it was a uh, URL, and if the WannaCry ransom uh, malware payload, uh, it, would ch- it would attempt to check into that URL. It was like a completely you know, domain generated um, algorithm type URL, but it would reach in and if the URL resolved, it would, kill- it would shut itself down. Marcus registered that URL and then immediately the WannaCry um, started shutting itself down. All right, so the kill switch can happen a couple different ways. Typically, developers will put it in as a fail safe mechanism. And remember, this is Chinese based, not Russian. But remember, in Russia, you are able to basically do cybercrime as long as you don't attack Russian businesses or Russian citizens. China, I'm sure it's something similar where you can do things. Uh, as long as you don't hurt the Chinese government or you do the Chinese government's bidding if they ask. Again, this is speculative hot takes. I do not, you know, I haven't been contacted by either of those parties and confirm that. But it, it, a kill switch helps you basically uh, destroy your creation if it gets out of out of whack. And, and really, it makes sense too, because humans write code, but then it can be made vulnerable. It can be taken over, right? Say law enforcement takes over the botnet, and then weaponizes it some way. They want to have that option. So here's the one thing I'll say. In the story, they said law enforcement shut it down, or perhaps the original developers shut it down. Guys, you got to understand this. When malware gets out, right? Like, Let's say I have a a, a Linksys router, right? uh, 54G, or what was it? 54TRG. There's like a famous router that we all had multiple of. I actually have one in the desk over there. Um, once a device is infected and you own it, you can pull that payload off, right? If you are tracking network traffic and catching logs and stuff and, 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 uh, packet captures, you can reassemble that payload. The second you have the payload, you can begin analyzing it. You can disassemble it in, um, tools like, um, oh my God, blanking here, IDA or Ghidra. This is what security research is, right? So to find the kill switch, dude, anybody that had the malware could have found the kill switch. So to say that it was done by law enforcement or the, uh, the developers themselves, I- I'm curious about like where that attribution is coming, honestly, because researchers can find the kill switch, right? If it's coded into the binary, then it's going to be there to be discovered. So anyways, just a little fun fact. The good news for the good guys, us, is that the Mosey botnet's down. So way to go.
1: EU regulator bans Meta's targeted advertising practices In an unprecedented shakeup in the European advertising technology space the European Data Protection Board or EDPB issued an urgent binding decision to ban Meta's data processing for behavioral advertising The decision applies to Meta's Facebook and Instagram users across EU member states and European economic area countries. It stems from a request from Norway to make their previously issued interim ban permanent and extend its reach to all of Europe. The EDPB said Meta has not complied with orders imposed last year and that it's, quote, high time for Meta to bring its processing into compliance and to stop unlawful processing, end quote. Meta was notified of the EDPB's binding decision on Tuesday.
0: All right. Uh, by the way, if you are—if this is your first time here, if this is your first episode, episode four hundred and eighty-six, if it's your first time here on the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast, drop a hashtag first timer in chat. I do love welcoming first timers personally. Um, I, I make it an effort to try to, you know, share the love, spread the love uh, of the uh, the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Okay, so here we go. This is more of a privacy story. More uh, you know, kind of macro government type stuff. But, uh, so I won't spend a terrible amount of time on this one, but EDPB, which I'm not really familiar with, but the European data protection board guys, privacy in Europe is like huge GDPR is huge. It's got big teeth, meta, Amazon, Google, they get slammed with, um, they get slammed with fines all the time. Mike Scott's in the house. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Where where's my little uh yeah, John McLean There we go. That there you go, Mike Scott. Welcome to the party, pal. Love it. So, um we saw yesterday that Meta is changing their targeting of advertising to uh individuals under the age of 18. I up oh, Georgina. Welcome to the party, pal. Love it. All right, so um uh, so what I think is happening here is Meta is basically slowly being constricted um to comply they have spent lots of money, had lots of lawyers, and basically been dragged kicking and screaming to the, to the table of like complying with European privacy laws. If I had to guess, okay, again, guys, you've got to remember at the end of the day, okay? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Meta is going to absolutely do a calculated, very simple math problem. Does it cost more to comply with this law or to not comply with the law? I know in a perfect world, you'd be righteous and you'd comply with the laws and you'd be like a good corporate citizen and everything like that. But it's all about straight cash, homie, right? If complying with European privacy laws and all this other stuff and targeted behavior, whatever, costs $20 million, but Meta can make... um, you know, or or it, or it costs like ten million dollars to pay for fines and stuff like that, or one hundred and fifty million dollars fines. You're like, oh well, that's a lot of money for fines. It costs twenty million to comply to build out the capability to hire the right people. Costs one hundred and eighty million dollars in fines. Seems pretty obvious that we should comply with it. And then some, you know, bean counter over at Meta's like, whoa, 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 whoa. if we don't comply with it we could probably make like $1.8 billion on advertising, right? If we comply with it, we can't make that $1.8 billion because we're not going to be able to do behavioral targeted advertising. We can't target the people with gambling addiction with slot machine pop-ups. We can't target the people who are recovering alcoholics with a Cinco de Mayo ad. And yes, I am uh, picking marginalized, vulnerable populations to emphasize the point of how behavioral advertising can be weaponized in just gross ways. But again, straight cash, homie. straight cash, homie, right? So again, in a perfect world, you want this. I appreciate that the European government is slowly tightening like a boa constrictor around these big tech companies. But the reason the big tech companies are filthy rich is because of these type of things, they sell data, they sell advertising, they sell product, right? Anyways, um, this is a privacy thing. If you're a privacy person in here, you know this story may be interesting. If you live in the United States, we're about I don't know three light years away from this, unless you live in California and then you're only like 1.2 light years away.
1: New CVSS version 4.0 standard released. The Forum of Incident Response and Security Teams, or FIRST, has officially released version 4.0 of its Common Vulnerability Scoring System standard, which assesses the severity of software vulnerabilities. According to FIRST, the updated standard offers more granular base metrics, removes scoring ambiguity, and simplifies threat metrics while enabling assessment of environment-specific security requirements and compensating controls. In addition, several supplementary vulnerability metrics were added including automatable, recovery, value density, response effort, and provider urgency. One other key enhancement is the added applicability to operational technology, industrial control systems, and IOT devices.
0: Wow. All right, so it's 828, or it's 8, yeah, it's 828, so we got two minutes. I like to hit 830 right on the dot. All right, so check it out. CVSS 2, CVSS 3 has been fine, Um, zero out of 10. In my opinion, going from two to three wasn't a really big deal. And I say it all the time on the show, like basically, you know, if it's, if it's above a nine, it's definitely important. If it's a nine, eight, it means like, it's really bad. If it's a 10, it means it's being actively exploited in the wild. Like that, that's like the TLDR, um, you know, quick, quick start menu for CVSS score. CVSS needed a lot of updates. 4.0, Ah, uh, 4.0. This one I can't just do a quick a quick take on. I will say that I appreciate that they're doing this. Um, we do need to dig into this a little bit more. Maybe I'll. I, I don't have a lot of time right now, but I would love to make a video of like everything you need to know about CBSS 4.0. Um, the fact that they are including OTICS and IoT is good. Um, level of effort to remediate is very valuable. Um, for sure. Right. Because like, if something's super easy to fix, then like, so like, say something's really hard to fix, but it's a 9.8 and something's really easy to fix. And it's a 9.8. Well, obviously like get the one that's like easy to fix first. Right. So this gives insight. This kind of pairs nicely with CISA, uh, and their known exploited vulnerabilities, um, you know, to help prioritize. Cause guys, if you work in vulnerability management for a minute, you've probably aged like a year and a half. Vulnerability management as a job is like very stre- not stressful. It's very exhausting and being able to communicate effectively is tough. So, I would recommend you book this bookmark this and get into it and um yeah, I agree 100%. CVS 4 4- CBSS 4.0 is a massive upgrade to the vulnerability scoring and you need to learn it because we're all going to be moving forward with it. And and because it is a material change from um, 3.0, it's going to matter understanding. All right, we're at 830. So let's go ahead and get to the mid roll.
1: And now, award for. Boom our sponsor, baby. I love Hunters. hitting it right in the mid-roll. There's nothing worse than relying on a legacy SIM that your security team has outgrown, especially when it impacts your ability to detect real incidents. Hunter SOC platform offers built-in, always up-to-date detection rules and automatic correlation that allows SOC analysts to focus on higher-value tasks that impact your organization. It's time to move to a platform that reduces risk, complexity, and cost for the SOC visit Security to learn how you can replace your sim today.
0: All right. Hey, uh, was it Mike Scott? First timer? Georgina? First timer? We do this every day. All right. Hey, y'all. I hope you're getting value from the stream. Really do. This is hilarious, by the way. Um, Hilarious that my mixing board has now split the sound effects in the in the, in the audio up for some freaking reason. All right, so hey, check it out, guys. I want to thank all of you for being here today. All 337 of you, we almost got part of that hacker Leet speak here. We got Lee uh, or Eat. We got Eat. All right, guys. Hey, thanks to all of you for being here. If you are getting value from the stream, do me a solid really quickly and just hit the Like button. Hitting the Like button helps people like George Gina or mike scott uh find the stream literally it's how we promote it's how you promote it guys so if you got if you got a second hit the like button only if you're getting value from it if you're not getting value from it i appreciate you being here and uh just you know chill thanks to the stream sponsors barricade cyber panopsi security and anti-siphon training guys if you don't know about anti-siphon training they are disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high quality cutting edge education to everyone regardless of their financial position. They offer students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and engage with the community in a fun, inclusive way. Go to the link in the description below. It will take you to the training menu. Click on pay what you can training. And look at this, look at this ever expanding, ever evolving list of training that you can take for absolutely zero dollars. Do not let financial obligation prevent you from getting high quality cybersecurity education. Anti-Siphon Training is flipping the script and I am so, so pumped uh, to be affiliated with Anti-Siphon Training, Black Hills Information Security. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, gotta tell you. Hey, let me know if Pamela Joshua is in chat, please. In Cyber Tech, Tito Cyber Tech, where? So yesterday we had Tito Cyber Tech grab the baton we have not confirmed whether or not he he posted in linkedin yet so that's an outstanding action item but guys if you would like here's the deal if you would like to build your professional network which is incredibly valuable okay i cannot underscore this enough it is incredibly valuable if you would like to build your professional network Allow me and the community to help you hack LinkedIn. Here is what you do. Go on LinkedIn and search for this hashtag. We have made it and we are pushing it. Hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It will come up in your LinkedIn search. Once it does, here's the action items. Five minutes a day, connect with the people posting, comment on their posts, connect with the people in the comments. Because you're a commenter, the next person who comes through that searches for the tag, connects to the poster, comments, and connects to the comment people is going to connect with you. There's been over like 180 Baton posts. You should have at least 180 really good connections. You understand what I'm saying? Plus all the people in comments. Believe me, invest in yourself. Be the CEO of you. You can. You're the one who has to drive the bus. Okay. We can provide the fuel, the road. The infrastructure, the map, quest directions printed out on the dashboard, you have to get in the driver's seat and hit the gas pedal, all right? Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Take it up. Pamela Joshua, I would love for you to take the baton if you are interested. Pamela Joshua, let us know if you'd like to do it, okay? While that's happening, every single Thursday is Meme of the Week made by... The haircut fish, the, the individual in chat. So if you like the meme of the week, say what's up to haircut fish. I regularly say give me that Will Ferrell because right now, whatever is so hot right now. Like what's so AI is so hot right now. Uh, exposure management is so hot right now. So this is that scene from Zoolander. I definitely appreciate it. Going to bookmark this one. Going to bookmark this one, Dan. Uh, so holla holla holler. holler, holler. Thank you so very much. All right, guys, let's get back to the news.
1: 3,000 vulnerable ActiveMQ servers exposed online. Researchers from Shadow Server have found over 3,000 internet exposed Apache ActiveMQ servers are vulnerable to a recently disclosed RCE bug. The flaw is rated a 10.0 CVSS <coughs> severity and allows attackers to execute arbitrary shell commands by exploiting the open wire protocol. Apache ActiveMQ is a scalable open source message broker that is widely used because it supports a range of secure authentication and authorization mechanisms. China was found to have the most vulnerable instances with 1,400 followed by the US and Germany. Technical details for exploiting the vulnerability are now public, so companies should apply security updates as soon as possible.
0: Uh, Yeah, okay. So a couple things here. One, this has a CVSS score of 10.0. This means it's full-on nuclear meltdown. This is Chernobyl, right? You're not. This is not like warning, warning. No, this is like, like ah, like this is not good. Okay, right. So what you're going to want to do, obviously, is patch. You got to patch it, right? I have that sound effect now, don't I? Ah, oh, you got to patch it. <laughs> that sound effect's hilarious. All right, you got to patch it, guys. So if you're running Apache ActiveMQ servers, they said it's mostly in China, but there are some American ones. I know we have an international audience, so I want to be inclusive of everybody there. Um, here is two things I would say: one, if you're running this to, or you don't know, talk to your um, IT team about it. Two, you may be running this and not know because some vendor baked it into their product and then sold you their product called, you know, flimflam 2000, uh, you know, next gen single dashboard, single plane of glass, uh, AI enabled, whatever, right? And it's got Apache MQ server in the background and you don't know it. So you definitely want to uh, check it out. What I would encourage you to do, because this is a remote code execution, what I would welcome you to, or not welcome, bro. What I would encourage you to do is, A, get whatever your external network IP range is, okay? You should be able to get that talk to your network engineers, talk to your IT team. You should know what your like egress point is for or egress points cuz you can have multiple for internet to your business, okay? I'm not talking about cloud. I'm just talking about your infrastructure, like your on-prem infrastructure, okay? Cloud cloud's a separate problem, but you outsource the responsibility from the OS down typically. So don't worry about that. Once you have that, go to Shodan and use whatever the query is. There's definitely a way to fingerprint these things, okay? The fact that they know 3,000 Apaches are vulnerable. Spoiler alert, whoever the researcher is probably used Shodan to go look it up. You, with all due respect, you, and this is for uh, like active practitioners right now, what you should do is go to Shodan, put in that query, put in your IP address range and see if you get a hit. If you do, Good thing you wore your brown pants to work today because you are gonna have to go take care of that then you're gonna want to get with your team and either patch the crap out of it take it offline until you can get it resolved and by the way if you do discover it you should absolutely look for indicators of compromise to see if it's actively already been exposed i mean excuse me exploited because if it has been you're gonna have to rebuild the damn thing okay which sucks i get it but this is the job guys right you don't you don't get to say like oh man this seems like a lot of work. I'm going to pass on this one, boss. I'll get the next one. No, no, no. Like, that's the job. We are the night's watch. We're on the wall, ever vigilant, watching, watching, and then doing the work, right? So, um, that's just a pro tip. Also, I don't have a relationship, uh, like an affiliate, whatever, with Shoden. But what I will say for, for like, if you want to take it to the next level, okay, hold on. All right. So BSEC just checked and there's 64,500 devices online. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all vulnerable to this RCE attack, uh, but you can search very easily. Okay. Here is the deal. Um, I got distracted by BSEC and now I'm, I forget why I went full screen. What the hell? I was going to say something that I thought was cool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on. Uh, BSEC, can I have the... Uh, Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, emote or this one. Here you go. This is what just happened in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys will love this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember. I totally remember. Okay. So check it out. Here's the thing. Shodan has something called monitor. Okay. Shodan monitor. Now what like Shodan monitor is really, really cool. It's basically the ability to put in your own IP range and Shodan will monitor it. That's why it's called monitor. And when something new is detected, it will email you. So you don't need to proactively go search Shodan all the time to see if something's there. You can have Shodan watching and responding. I think it's like 20 IP addresses you can get for free. And then after that, it's like 50 bucks a month. Dude, It's it's it, for a business, it is an incredibly cheap, it's like 600 bucks a year to have external network interface visibility, if Carl, Carl! if Carl sticks something on the internet and we don't know about it, Shodan's going to see it and tell you. If BSEC, love him, he's so focused on GRC right now. Way to go, BSEC. He's so focused on GRC right now that some junior engineer under him misconfigures the firewall because they're trying to be a good doobie and ends up screwing that up. Shodan can help discover that, right? Actually, Shodan might not do firewall rules, but like whatever. Shodan monitor is absolutely worth investigating. I use it in my work and I've enjoyed it. Um it's it's huge. It's like a it's like a force multiplier because it's basically watching your external network interface and alerting you when
1: something janky happens. Dallas County interrupted data exfiltration and prevented encryption after attack. On Monday, the county of nearly 3 million residents confirmed it was dealing with a cybersecurity incident for which the Play ransomware gang claimed responsibility over the weekend. On Tuesday evening, Dallas County provided an update indicating they were able to contain the incident, interrupting data exfiltration from its environment, and preventing encryption of its files and systems. They attributed their defensive success to security measures including deployment of endpoint detection and response tools, forced password changes, and multi-factor authentication. Dallas County did not clarify how the attackers initially got into their systems, but said the attack only affected a portion of their network. The county has enlisted an unnamed cybersecurity company to assist with their remediation efforts, and an investigation is ongoing.
0: All right, so first of all, here we go. I love it. Yes, shut it down. Shut it down. Now, John Taffer came in and dropped... Dropped an EDR hammer info like CISO John Taffer came in and said shut it down. I, I'm being facetious. He has nothing to do with InfoSec, but it's hilarious because basically every episode of Bar Rescue he comes in, says some nice things, and then loses his mind and shuts the business down. It's like pretty pretty well documented. So check it out. I guess it's I guess it's really hardcore meme Thursday. Um, Dallas started getting hit again. I absolutely love this where they say they interrupted data exfil. They shut it down. They kicked a hole in the speaker, pulled the plug and then jet. This is what's up when you do these things. Now, what I want to say is I kind of trashed Dallas yesterday because I said that they did their incident response recovery and didn't actually clean up their stuff. Sounds like they did implement some new controls and I love it. So here is a here is a reality. And this is more for people who haven't really worked on the SecOps side or dealt with an incident and stuff like this. Um, so you know, people who are new to the industry or just, you know, you you've only been working in certain spaces, right? When you are actively like in a really, you know, grab your ankles kind of incident and you bring in someone, some of the first things they're gonna do is like how are you logging? Right? Like we need telemetry. How are you logging? Oh uh, uh, like which is an answer that means we're not doing any logging. So the first thing they're gonna wanna do is stick in the capability to do logging. Then they're gonna wanna stick in. EDR or endpoint detection and response. Think of it as like 2023's version of anti-malware. It's way more powerful. It gives visibility. There's a managed console. It lo- it allows people like Eric Taylor to, um, you know, turn into the squid mods. Can I get this, Jeff? Turn into the squid Admiral Akbar from Star Wars where he's in the chair and he's like, you know, moving a bunch of pieces around at the same time, like you're a centralized console and you have EDR deployed to your entire endpoint network as best you can, so you can get visibility, all right? And then and then begin to see where compromises are, begin to quarantine, all these different things, right? So what it looks like happened here is that Dallas had deployed EDR and, and visibility into logs and stuff like that. So the incident response company Uh, force password changes, multi-factor. So, okay, hold on. So the company that they hired did not get named, but obviously they put in a bunch of controls and stuff like that. And I'm loving it because guess what? It didn't, again, ah, this is not called cybersecurity. Okay. We work in the cyber resiliency industry. Okay. I don't know if I can use this one. I I don't know if I can use this one. Um, So Basically, they, they whoever they are, uh, hooked up Dallas so they could minimize the impact, okay? Likelihood didn't go down, impact went down, which means the risk went down, which means if you're using a, a freaking, you know, uh, subjective, qualified uh, traffic, you know, rainbow chart, we were, like, Dallas was in the dark red, right? And then they now they're in, like, you know, kind of an orangish-yellow, a nice autumn hue, right? So they still got hacked because they're not down in the green, but they were able to interrupt the operations. Oh yeah, there we go. Yes. Okay, well, here. This is, there's two looks here, okay? This is one possibility of what you look like on your managed centralized managed console, right? Yeah, yeah. And then of course, uh, this is what I'm thinking. This is Eric Taylor or whoever the incident responder is uh, managing everything, talking about it's a trap. It's a trap. All right. So anyways, it just goes to show you guys vigilance, consistency, good security technologies like EDR, a SIM, logs. They do say in the story that they did forced password changes and multi-factor authentication. With all due respect, that is not something that's going to do anything with your ability to interrupt exfiltration of data. Forced password changes and multi-factor authentication, those are protection mechanisms that prevent you from getting popped. You already got pop, boy. Like, I don't know how play ransomware got in there, but your MFA can take a you know backseat. Your force password changes. See ya. It's like your EDR, detection and response. It's in the freaking name. They detected the X-Fill. I'm sure they did it through the logs. Maybe some beaconing. Uh, Rita's a good tool to detect beaconing. Anyways, I'm losing my mind out here. Travis W, be good. Fast.
1: Dozens of kernel drivers allow attackers to escalate privileges. VMware Carbon Black's Threat Analysis Unit has identified a few hundred file hashes associated with 34 unique, previously unknown vulnerable drivers. Some of the drivers belong to major BIOS, PC, and chip makers, and all of the vulnerable drivers could allow attackers with non-system privileges to gain full control of targeted devices. The analysis focused on Windows Driver Model and Windows Driver Framework Drivers. VMware notified the developers of the vulnerable drivers back in the spring, but said that only two developers fixed the vulnerabilities, namely Phoenix Technologies and Advanced Micro Devices. The company has published a list of the file names associated with the problematic drivers.
0: All right. Jesus, man. Um, this is a quick production note, just so everybody's well aware. <laughs> I came out to my studio this morning. It was forty-seven degrees, so I turned on the heater, which is over there. It is. I have a digital thermometer in here. It's seventy-nine point seven right now. Like I'm gonna start having to get like a, a a a kerchief and like dabbing my brow, bro. Holy Jesus! Like, get some sunblock. All right. So check it out. Um, driver Colonel Driver is not to be confused with Colonel Sanders. Mm, love the eleven spices. Um. Kernel drivers are an interesting attack vector for threat actors. Now remember, for a threat actor to attack uh and, and basically, you know, uh like side channel, not side channel, what the hell am I talking about? Like to attack a kernel driver, to basically replace a driver file with a malicious one to escalate privileges, it's important to note they are already on the box. Okay. This attack right here is exclusively. Uh, yeah, actually, hold on really quickly. Uh, sorry to be so all right. Like so hot right now. This is a little too on the nose, right? Like, like my, my studio is cooking. It's so hot, right? Now. <laughs> little little uh, uh, meta meta. Okay, so this right here, this attack, this is privilege escalation only. You do not get initially compromised by this. A threat actor does not send you a phishing email with a kernel driver attached and like rubbing their hands together or twisting their little mustache. This is, I own your box, but you have crap credentials because um, you know, the business you work at is doing privileged access management. So they prevent you cool. from hurting yourself. But if they're on the box, then they can do Privesque. And that's, that's what's up here. And just really quick, if you're like, what's a driver, Jerry? So here's the deal. When you plug in your laptop, uh, when you plug in your keyboard or a mixing board or a sound deck or you know, a mouse an IOT device, a web camera, whatever, right? Whenever you plug anything in, how does that piece of hardware, a webcam, let's use a webcam, how does that webcam talk to you? Like you plug in the webcam and all of a sudden like your picture pops up and you're like, but underneath the hood, there's amazing things happening. The operating system is what, interfaces with hardware and does allocation and does all the the management and we just take it for granted which is fine but there's a lot going on and the way that that device because all devices you know they're they're all different they're all talking to different things you can't have a universal driver so the way that they talk is through drivers so When you plug it in, the drivers show up, get pushed. Sometimes you have to do install. Sometimes the device will just push the driver. Sometimes there are generic drivers that come with Windows operating system that the vendors leverage when developing the hardware in order to make sure that it would work with the operating system. Long story short, a driver is basically the mechanism that allows hardware to talk to your computer via the operating system. However, in order for it to work in the kernel, which like again, not to get too deep into this, but like operating systems, like there's user land where you can operate and do stuff. And then there's kernel land. And typically we don't want users working in kernel land. We don't even want like super sophisticated, you know, domain admins working in kernel land. Like kernel land is where systems work and do, you know, uh, resource allocation, library, page files, all this stuff, memory, CPU, all that crap. But things code needs to execute in kernel land. So what this is basically doing is allowing a threat actor to weaponize those drivers, replace a a benign driver with a malicious one, kind of like a Trojan where it will still continue to work, but now they can do extra things and get privilege escalation. And once they have that root privilege on the Windows box, well now they can do all sorts of things like disable the EDR, delete the logs, um, install additional payloads, C2, Right. And, and, and this is why looking at your network is also super valuable in addition to looking at endpoints, because an endpoint can get totally pwned, but it still needs to talk out on to its C2 typically. Right. Like this isn't 1999 where like malware isn't talking to a C2.
1: Economic conditions continue to sandbag cyber hiring. The 2023 ISC Squared Cybersecurity Workforce Study published Tuesday reveals that a shortage of cybersecurity workers combined with tighter security budgets is leading to cybersecurity specialists being overworked and stressed. While there are 1.5 million cybersecurity professionals working in North America, the report indicates that there's a shortfall of 522,000 workers. Yet, because of economic uncertainty, companies are not prioritizing filling needed cybersecurity roles with 47% of companies implementing a hiring freeze, budget cuts, or layoffs. ISC Squared said the result is cybersecurity staff working more, businesses delaying cybersecurity product purchases, and security teams being less able to prepare for future threats.
0: All right. uh, Really quick before I dig into this, Friendship Friendship House asks, what's a C2? A C2 is a command and control server. Think of it as like a cloud-based system that threat actors use to send commands to their compromised hosts. So like my computer's screwed, Friendship House, your computer's screwed, Carrie's computer's screwed, but the threat actors need to be able to know what computers they've owned, how to push payloads, how to exfil data. And they use that centralized C2 server in the cloud as like their HQ and then they reach down to their compromised hosts. Okay, so ISC2 study says economic conditions are screwing cyber hiring. And that, hey, by the way, cyber professionals are overworked and stressed out. Welcome to the industry. I don't care if we're going gangbusters and like there's money all over the place. Bro, this industry is hard, okay? Work, overworked, stressed out, you know, manning manning the, the tower, manning the wall, right? You know, the night's watch, if you will. I've been doing it, getting prepped for my Game of Thrones talk. So a lot of GOT stuff going on here. But this is the job, right? This is, you know, and I try to be honest with people. I'm like, there's two, th- there's like cybersecurity isn't for everybody. I'm not saying that I'm g- gatekeeping and being exclusive and like, no, like you're not cool. You don't get to work in cyber. The reality is you have to be constantly staying current, constantly doing professional development. And it's a freaking stressful job, man. Like you can't block all the doors. So all you do is reduce risk as best you can and 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 hope, not hope, but like you set yourself up so like you don't get hit, and when you do get hit because it's resiliency, the impact of that hit is not that bad because you detect it soon enough, the threat actor can't move around enough. But guys you eventually get desensitized to it where you can sleep well at night. But a lot of people are new to the industry. Dude, do you know how many times I've spoken to a business leader who didn't understand like what was actually happening? And when you lay it out to them, they like, I've had people say like, I'm scared. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm glad I have your attention. Like, this is my life. Like, this is why you hire me. Or this is why we hire all of you in chat. like, to manage that and and honestly, to take that burden uh, and make you feel okay and make you sleep well at night knowing that someone's manning the the gate, right? Now, this is a true fact also, okay? Right now, the ISC2 is kind of stating the obvious. If you haven't been paying attention, security projects are slowing down. Funding is going down. Hiring is freezing. And I know that sucks for a lot of you. I've heard some of you in chat. Recently be laid off. That's part of it. Uh, I've heard some of you in chat having a tough time getting a job. um, And that's part of it right now. Right now, our economy ebbs and flows. I don't think we're heading towards like this catastrophic 2008 recession thing like they mentioned before. But right now, it's not good. You know what I mean? So, which is why networking is super valuable. Taking advantage, you cannot sit on your duff basically and be like, like, I guess I'll just wait and whatever. But right now, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's, it's not great, okay? But there are opportunities. Money is trans, uh, uh, transferring hands. We just saw massive acquisitions and stuff like that. So don't sleep on it. Just know that right now in our industry, there is belt tightening going on. And be mindful of that. Final thing I'll say about this really quickly is, and I have a slide uh, in my keynote on Saturday for this. It's 81 degrees in here now. I have a slide in my keynote on this uh, and I've said it before on the stream, be the CEO of you. Like, okay, you might have a job right now and everything, uh, everything is going well and swimmingly and you're like, yes, like I'm not worried. Like it sucks for everybody else, but I feel good about me and my situation. Here is the reality. Like, I'm not saying that you should like be an insider threat or quit your job or anything like that, but you should be positioning yourself to be marketable, to be ready to go. Because even though your company is a family and everybody loves everybody and you're going to be doing Secret Santa in a, in a month or whatever, it doesn't mean that the business misses its revenue goals for Q4 and leadership or the, the private equity investors or whoever is looking and saying, dude, you got to make cuts. And guess what labor is always the most expensive expense on the balance sheet and it's very easy to say well hey we'll just cut 20% of the workforce we'll ask the 80% that remains to pick up the extra work and if they don't like it they'll be targeted next and and go so like even you could do everything right you could be the best person at your job you could be working weekends for free and still get laid off so again this isn't a threat this isn't like trying to scare you but just Always be working on you, expanding your network, making yourself valuable, making yourself marketable. Believe me, you'll be better served. Because if, she, sorry, if crap hits the fan, you want you want to be able to pivot, guys. We we do business continuity. We manage risk for a living. Manage the risk of potentially being laid off, bro. All right, that's going to do it for today's stream. I do want to say. I want to say, thank all of you for being here. Genuinely appreciate the opportunity to serve this community. Um, it, I take this, I take the daily cyber threat briefing, um, responsibility quite seriously. I know we have a lot of fun up here, but I see it as, um, a, a great opportunity and a great, uh, privilege to be able to deliver this information to all of you every single day. So thank you. I want to remind everybody a couple quick things. One. I will be keynoting B-Sides Charleston on Saturday, November 4th, so just in a couple days. My talk is called um, – my talk is – what – where's my talk? Right here. What Game of Thrones can teach us about cybersecurity? I'm keynoting it. So if you want to come out and have a good time, I'll be there. We'll high-five. Um, all about good times. Next Wednesday – we uh, next week, we've got a huge week. Huge week next week, guys. Next Wednesday is Simply CyberCon. Go to simplycybercon.org for more information we've got great speakers two tracks workshops merch cool graphics everything's out there i would humbly ask you to attend and get value we got ctf jenny housley if you want to volunteer the best thing you can do is go to the website there like be part of the street team social media let people know this is happening it costs zero dollars like reach out dude can you imagine like someone who misses this, that was like, "Oh man, I wish I just knew. This would have been so valuable to me." Please help us spread the word. Okay, this is not. This is a nonprofit conference. We're not trying to like get paid on this. We're just trying to serve our community. Please share the word. Simply CyberCon. Also, want to tell everybody right now, uh, my exposure management course, which is also free, is out right now. You can sign up. A lot of people have already taken it. It's really good. Um, I did this as a commission project for XM Cyber, so this is not through my school. I wrote the course. I taught the course. I came up with the trivia question or the quiz questions. This is all intents and purposes, an absolute me course. If you want to learn where vulnerability management has gone, the evolution of vulnerability management and how to deliver cyber risk reduction to your business, this course is dynamite and it's free. So just get on it. All right. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's stream. I'm right at 9.02. Got to go teach the cadets at the Citadel. What's up? Let me see. I saw one comment come in from Sherry, so I just want to address it really quickly. Sherry said, when the doctor goes to class to teach a student, they're going to be in for a heck of a ride this morning. The young man's quite funny. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so very much, uh, Sherry. All right, guys, be good. I will see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber Community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.